we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Talk of the Town with Dave and Sarah. Multiple ways you can be part of our show today. Our favorite is when you pick up the phone, use your touch-tune keypad to give us a call at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. Uh, if you have a rotary phone, I'm pretty sure that still works. If you want to call, not so sure it works for the text line, but you can attempt it. Uh, we're on the Twitter machine at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. A lot to unpack from last night's Morgantown City Council meeting. We will do that as the show unfolds. Numbers trending in the right direction in Monongalia County. What that means, we'll talk about that as well. Plus your calls, texts, and tweets as the program, I already said, as the program unfolds. As it mm -hmm. moves forward, rolls along, mm -hmm. whatever you want to use there. Morning, sir. Good morning, Dave. How you doing over there? Hey, I cannot complain. I was watching real baseball yesterday, and oh, did it feel good. It kind of it kind of gives you a tingly feeling all over. Now I've got real baseball, but it's it's you know, obviously not live on one of the monitors this morning. It, not quite the same feeling. I mean, you get a little bit of a tingle, but when it's live, real baseball, you just get this tingling feeling, Sarah. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. Euphoric. Sure. Is how I would describe it. Okay. I do feel for the <laughs> the players if you have one of those big play moments. The most incredible play of your life. <laughs> and there's no one in the and stands. There's, there's no one. I mean, it's just silent. I uh, I don't know how that would I wonder if that's you know, as when you're in well, let me ask you this. Let me let me put it to you this way. Okay. Is it the same for actors, uh performers in in a theater type setting? You feed off of the crowd, you feed off having people in attendance but at the same time you are so focused on what you're doing you're not aware of them does that make sense on one hand you feed off of the energy but on the other hand you're so focused in on what you are doing at that time you you don't notice the crowd around you yeah i mean i think the goal is to always whether there's a crowd or not to perform at your best right whether it's baseball or any sport blah, or blah, any, blah. But, yeah 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 but, I'm saying. but yeah i know i know and i do think that you know there is it there is a different energy when there's other people in the space so yeah i don't know the oh. answer to that it is it's an odd time to be in these types of positions where you're used to performing or competing in front of others and we know as i think more so in something like this than perhaps even in a theater setting because a lot of people performed empty houses. But <laughs> I think that, um, especially in something like this, with, with athletics, know. we know that that crowd plays a role. Yeah, certainly. It is a piece of the strategy of the game sometimes. So I do think that that is a, a, a game changer. I really I, do. You know, I never got the chance to, to play in front of you know 60,000 people. I usually played in front of tens of people, tens of people. Uh, so well, now there's a shirtless dude on the camera. All right. <laughs> hey, no fans in baseball now, huh? Uh, so I just, I just wondered if it's an adjustment or if these guys are just honed in and, you know, doesn't make it mm -hmm. only notices it when you, when you notice it, uh, that mm -hmm. doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. 
Uh, at this point, you know, the texter's going to nail me for this. I digress. Uh, last night, Morgantown City Council met, uh, actually had two meetings, technically speaking. There was a special meeting before the regular meeting. During the special meeting, they dealt with an emergency ordinance and uh, some issues regarding COVID-19. During the regular meeting, there was an already full agenda that was supplemented, if you will, by an extended public portion of the meeting where uh, many supporters of the homeless encampment in the Greenmont neighborhood uh, spoke up and voiced their concerns and thoughts. And you got to give credit where credit's due. The people who insist this homeless encampment in Morgantown's Greenmont neighborhood is a necessity made their message heard last night, and they did a fine job of it. They were organized. They reiterated their talking points over and over. And for that, they deserve the credit to mobilize, organize, and get their message out in front of the city council. Now, as far as that message to city council, well, that's a different story. It was chock full of misplaced compassion, half-truths, some outright lies, and it painted a picture of, quite frankly, a fantasy. Yes, the West Virginia Coalition to End Homelessness did a tremendous job placing the initial 14 people who camped out on private property back in February into housing, connecting them with services, connecting them with people who could help. But that came at an expense, both monetarily, the actual costs to do that, but it also came at the expense of others who were in line, who needed housing more. We heard that this week from Carrie DeBassi. Those people got passed over to deal with this encampment. Allegations continue to be thrown out about Bartlett House, other elected officials, and quite frankly, anyone else who would dare oppose or question the existence of the encampment. Those allegations come with no specifics, no facts, no actual complaints have been filed. So it's impossible to investigate. It's impossible to repudiate. Repudiate. Individuals living at the camp address the council. They said they don't want to be treated any differently. Well, fair enough. But that's exactly what they're asking for. They're asking to camp out on city property, not be subject to zoning ordinances, not be subject to laws regarding illegal drug activity, prostitution, so on and so on. We know there's illegal drug use going on there. We know people who are walking by on trails living in those neighborhoods have been subject to have been exposed to loot acts being performed. Where else would this be tolerated in society? Would you or I get away with it? Bottom line, the city council is going to have to deal with this issue. And the sooner, the better. One way or the other. Either you've got to fully support it and get behind it, or you have to oppose it and say, this is not the way we're going to go about it. I don't see a middle ground here where you can go wishy-washy, try to play both sides, and put it off and hope it takes care of itself. I don't see that happening. Got to deal with it one way or the other. 800-765-TALKS. The phone number, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. I don't know how much the meeting... I It was a long meeting. There were two meetings last night, Sarah. So I was in and out, and eventually I had to... Uh, <laughs> eventually I had to wave the white flag and, and go to bed, so I didn't catch mm-hmm. all of it. But uh, did catch a large chunk, uh, especially of the public portion there. And I do. Give them credit. Give them credit for getting their message together, getting it organized, and getting that out in front of council last night. But... Um, 
there were there were many fallacies in that message. Mm-hmm. My thought. I, uh, yeah, I don't have much to add for the sheer fact that I don't. He, here's what makes me sad about it. I don't think the conversation has changed at all since last night's meeting. I don't feel like we have anything particularly new to talk about. Last night's meeting happened and nothing. there's nothing new that came out of it for me. These are the same allegations we'd already heard. I can sit here and say the same things and go on a rant about what I foresee being some of the larger long-term concerns about this, but it doesn't matter. I just said that yesterday. Nothing changed in that meeting yesterday. And so we'll see what the next steps are in regards to actually making a change. That's the problem. Yeah. You can deal with, I I know it wasn't on the agenda last night, but this, some sort of action needs to be taken. Some sort of a stance, some sort of a statement needs to be made here. You know, the county, I, I am leery of making this comparison, but the county commission could have waited until today. They meet today, regular meeting today, right? To deal with the the COVID outbreak at the Justice Center. Well, we meet on Wednesday. We'll deal with it then. This isn't an issue. I don't feel this is an issue where you go, well, we got a committee the whole next week. We'll we'll talk about it then, and then we'll put it on the agenda in two weeks. And This is an issue that's happening right now. And it's this inconsistency in messaging that really kind of rubs me the wrong way. On one hand, you're passing ordinances to issue fines for not wearing a mask. You're issuing or- you're passing ordinances to issue fines to a landlord who goes through a legal process of eviction. On the other hand, we can have this encampment here that Bucks City ordinances, the Bucks laws about drug use, all of these things, we won't take a stand on that. We won't go one way or the other. But on these, oh, these are issues. It's this missed inconsistency in messaging that really, really just, it bothers me. I'm a guy who likes consistency. If you want me to do something, be consistent. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to apply rules or enforce rules or laws, be consistent with it. To me, that that's what I consider fair. So, if you're going to go down this road, go down the road. If you're going to support it, by all means, fully support it. Back the camp. Put tax money into it. Support it. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying, one way or the other, in the last, what, four years, it's hard to find an issue where they... This city council has taken a stand one way or the other. I'm not asking you to come up with a permanent solution here to homelessness. Good luck with that. That's the demand. Well, leave them camp there until you have a permanent solution. Permanent solution to what? Homelessness? There is a solution. There's a system. Does the system work efficiently all the time? Of course not. But that's the system that's in place. All right, 800-765-TALKS. The phone number, 304-TALK-304, is the text line. Um, We'll get to some of the COVID numbers. Looking for positives here. Looking for positives. Might have found a couple this morning. We'll tell you about that coming up. Your calls, texts, and tweets are always welcome. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. 918 right now. Dave and Sarah.
We're talking about your town on WAJR. All right, we'll get you caught up on uh, COVID-19. Positive news. I got some good news or sort of good news to report to you this morning. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, right now, we got some breaking news regarding WVU football and the coaching staff. Metro News Sports, Kyle Wiggs uh, stopping by. Hey, Kyle. What's hey, going good on? good morning. Well, Vic Koning is out as defensive coordinator at WVU, the WVU Department of Intercollegiate Athletics, and the coach, the 60-year-old veteran defensive coach, according to a statement, they have mutually agreed to separate. And Vic Koning had a contract with two years remaining on it and over a million dollars left on that contract. So they have settled that, and Vic Koning will get a little over half of his money He'll get uh, $591,000 spread over the course of the next 19 months as a settlement for him leaving the program. And, of course, this stems from some controversy that occurred earlier this summer where one of uh, WVU's players, KJ uh, Kerry Martin, K.J. Martin, he issued a series of tweets that indicated that he felt uncomfortable by some of the things that Vic Koning had talked about, namely politics with all of the activities going on this summer with the protests and religion. So K.J. Martin made that public. Vic Koning, in turn, a few days later, issued a very public apology via Twitter. And this, quite honestly, took way longer, I think, than anyone anticipated. But here we are several weeks later, and the resolution is that Vic Koning leaves the program again with a little bit over half the money that was owed to him on the remaining two years of his contract. Of course, we'll have uh, details posted for you up at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, okay, any anything mentioned about who would assume the defensive coordinator duties moving forward, or is that uh, a to-be-determined? That's to-be-determined. There was nothing in the release today it did have it did have quotes from WVU athletic director Shane Lyons and from Neil Brown and from Vic Koning, who again apologized again. Uh, I remain uh, remain apologetic to anyone who perceived something I said or did as hurtful. That was never my intent. And Koning's apology goes on for several more lines, but there's no indication right now at this point who will run the defense or who will replace if anyone will replace Koning on WVU's defensive staff because, you know, the season's right around the corner. We're here in the middle of summer. Of course, everything's been pushed back, and there's so much uncertainty as to whether we'll have college football. But uh, practice was scheduled to begin next month. And, and Koning, he was part uh, – he, he's been an assistant with Neil Brown for right. some time, long before he came to WVU. Yeah, they were together at Troy University, and um, he came from Troy with – Coach Brown to WVU, and the defense showed vast improvements last year. It was incredible how much the defense improved, and it was incredible with the game plans that these guys came up with to have success last year. Uh, it was a much better team winning those two uh, crucial road games late in the year. It was a much better team at the end of the year than it was at the beginning of the year, and uh, you know Vic Koning showed his value throughout the course of last year, not only with 
dealing with the personnel that they had and making adjustments and coming up with game plans late in the year to fit West Virginia's personnel. That was a big, big, big part of West Virginia's improvement. Didn't make a bowl last year, but there's no doubt that the Mountaineers were a much better football team, particularly defensively, the last month than they were when the season started. So to recap, again, uh, Vic Coning and WVU, a, a mutual parting of ways. And uh, what is the, what's the, the buyout there, Kyle? Conan gets a settlement of $591,451. So just over $591,000 that will be paid out over the course of 19 months. And that's a little bit more than half of the $1,074,000 that was still owed to him on the two years in his contract. So is he, does it mention, is he free to go get yeah. another coaching job then? He's completely out of the contract? Yeah, I think he's out of the contract okay. with this settlement and part of uh, Neil Brown's statement is, uh, quote, I know that Vic will find continued success as a coach. However, Vic and I both reached the conclusion that the current circumstances making uh, make continuing his role as defensive coordinator here challenging. So it looks like uh, Coach Neil Brown has sent Vic Koning uh, away, obviously, with that settlement, but also with the ability to find another job somewhere. You know, I, when this all originally broke, I early on thought to myself and, and had this conversation with, with others here, this was probably going to be the outcome. I didn't see it ending any other way, but I, I do believe uh, WVU, Neil Brown, the athletic department uh, handled this quite well, uh, got yeah. out and got, dealt got with the issue, front of it. Yep. dealt with it publicly and uh, looked into it and I think actually handled it as well as it could have been handled. I just don't think it was going to end any other way. Again, it's surpri- very, very surprising that it took this long and, you know, as you follow these things, uh, the way they occur, usually something happens very quickly within the first week. And it seemed like the longer it played out, the bigger the chance was that Vic Koning would be staying on board. But here we are uh, about roughly a month later, and the result is him taking the financial settlement and moving on. You know, and, and trust me, I, I have no inside knowledge here, but... I think I would rather it take a little bit longer, and at the very least, it gives the appearance that you were very deliberate in the decision, in the process of of, of investigating the claims, weighing talk, out yeah. options, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than the knee jerk reaction to uh, Twitter or social media, which seems to be more the norm than than we, yeah, we would like right now. That is true. I mean, they brought in someone from the outside to investigate it, uh, to investigate both sides. And, um, you know, you're right. It, it, the, the, the public nature of the dispute made it seem that either the player or the coach probably was going to go. And in this case, it was, uh, it was Vic Koning that leaves the program. All right. We'll have more coming up at uh, WVMetroNews.com. And, of course, uh, Hoppy Kirchival will have much more on Metro News Talk Line. And, oh, what do you think the guys on the sports line will be talking about tonight? <laughs> at uh, 606. Kyle, thanks for the update. Appreciate All it, right. buddy. All right. Like I said, we will have more uh, over at the website, wvmetronews.com. And uh, I know Hoppy will be all over the story in about 30 minutes coming up on Metro News Talk Line uh, here across the Metro News Radio Network. We will get to some COVID updates, positive trends in Montague County. We'll talk about it coming up after the news. Right now it's 930. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk. Find out what's happening.
Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. I thought that was the one with the little drum roll in it. I was getting ready for it. Let me down. If you're just uh, joining us, well, there's something I always wanted to say. If you're just tuning in, uh, breaking news this morning, WVU and defensive coordinator Vic Koning uh, parting ways. It's a mutual separation. Uh, we'll have more details posted for you at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, Metro News Sportsline co-host, they call him the Senator, Brad Howe, will join Hoppy at 10.06 uh, to discuss that situation a little bit more in depth. And, of course, Sportsline tonight, 6.06 until 7. Uh, they'll obviously be talking about the developing situation there. 304 Talk 304 is our text line, the same text line we share with everybody else. It's a party line. Uh, 800-765-TALK, <laughs> and uh, we're on Twitter, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. There's probably a bunch of people out there who don't even know what a party line right. is. I know most, I, I bet a lot in our audience knows. Mm-hmm. My roommate in college, actually, his family had a party line. Um, his mom and his parents lived here, and his grandma and grandpa just lived down the hill, so they shared a phone line. And if I called his house to try to get him on a weekend or something, because he just lived out wine. Um, you never knew who was going to answer the phone, and they never knew if anybody was home. It's quite an adventure when you called. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that that was Trueberry still Creek. the case that recently uh, in your life that you well, had that experience. You know. That's interesting to me. Have you been to Wayne lately, Sarah? I have not. Have you ever? Dave. Have you paid a visit to the Greater Wayne Metro area? I haven't been there. You should go bit. sometime. Actually, I'm trying Take to think if I've ever been to Wayne. To be honest, Take the boys. Uh, there is a great ice cream shop. It's in Canova. Or is that Cerrito? Oh, they border each other. Take your pick. I think it's Canova. Great. They have pumpkin ice cream. You'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, COVID-19. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Heard of it? Mm-hmm. Still a thing. Uh, Montague County, which has been red hot through the month of July, both figuratively and literally, uh, for that matter, but uh, has been red hot as far as COVID-19 cases numbers go. Uh one of the metrics the state has been keeping an eye on, and I know county officials are watching it as well, including uh, County Health Officer Dr. Lee Smith, who will join us Friday morning, by the way, uh, is the Harvard Global Inst- uh, I messed that up. The Harvard Global Health Institute. They have a risk level map of the entire United States. It's got every county parish in the United States, and they have a metric of a seven-day, a rolling seven-day average of new cases per 100,000 people, okay? Okay. And there, it's green, yellow, orange, red. Very simple. Okay. And based on your number of cases per 100,000, you are assigned, you know, low risk, medium risk. Sure. So on and so forth. So in Montague County a couple of weeks, uh, no, a couple of days ago, uh, the... Rolling seven-day average of new cases per 100,000 was over 40. We were like 42, 43, which was one of the highest numbers in the country. And as Dr. Smith said a couple of times, red hot, way off the charts. Well, this morning when I checked the metric, the new seven-day rolling average per 100,000, 24. That moved Montague County back into an orange risk level. Okay. Then I had a discussion earlier. Is that an upgrade or a downgrade? Yeah, you don't know either, do you? 
I would think that would be a downgrade. You would think red would be worse but, than orange. Right. And you're going toward white. <laughs> red feels harsh. Orange, yellow, so you and you're like moving down to white. But it's an upgrade in the situation. It's an upgrade in the situation. So you figure that one out. Just like a a negative test is a positive thing. I digress. <laughs> Uh, my point is, it's a start. Numbers are starting to trend uh, in a positive direction uh, from the 5 p- And I haven't seen it. Well, the new numbers are going to come out here in about 20 minutes. Uh, from the 5 p.m. report on Monday to the 5 p.m. report on Tuesday, there were only three new cases identified in Montgomery County. The number of active cases have decreased from Almost 400. I think we were at 399 to start the day yesterday to 378 starting the day today. So all of that is to say it's starting. I'm not going to say we're trending. Starting to trend in a positive direction of seeing those case numbers come down. Uh, Are we seeing – look, everything – one of the most frustrating things through this whole pandemic has been trying to figure out what we're seeing because what we're seeing is the effects of something that happened 10 days to two weeks ago, right? When numbers go up, it's not because of something that's happened today or yesterday. It's because of things that have happened 10 days to two weeks, maybe three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And so you go back and you look, well, what happened 10 days ago, two weeks ago? Masks were mandated. Bars were shut down. Have those had an impact? Yes, I believe they have. You want to solely credit them for the decrease? I wouldn't go that far, but they've had an impact. I think the huge increase there had a lot to do with July 4th holiday. You had students moving back to town. Their leases started at the beginning of July. So off-campus students were coming back to town. There were clearly get-togethers and bars. There were protests, how much of an impact they have had. All of that came mm-hmm. together, and you saw numbers increase. So you think some of it is also just uh, bad time? the role that time plays, yeah. yes. Yeah, timing plays a role in that. So trending in the right direction. I also think because Montague County has done so much testing that – you're, you're testing a lot of people, and we always say, well, you test more people, you're going to get more cases. Also, you're going to get more negative cases, and that will bring your percentages down as well. So, yeah, just keep on keeping on, folks. The numbers yeah. are trending in the right direction. There are still hurdles to overcome with students coming back in a few weeks. Look, I, I get all that, but you know what? Take the positive news when you can get it. All right? Yep. Uh, yes, I agree. More positive news. Look at me being Mr. Positivity well, I'm today. Dave. Uh, unemployment number. <laughs> oh, I was about to make a bad joke and I decided against it. Unemployment numbers down in 54 of 55 counties in West Virginia for the month of June. Uh, McDowell County was the only one to see an increase in unemployment in June. Mon County's unemployment rate slipped to 9.2%. Preston was at 93 uh, Harrison, 9.4. Marion, 11.5. All of those were improvements over May, which was an improvement over April. Of course, everything was shut down in April. Um, again, trending in the right direction. Governor met with higher education officials yesterday to discuss their plans for the fall. They're hoping to have all colleges and universities open 
for the fall semester. Governor will have a briefing at 1230 today. We'll have coverage at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, PRT will not be operating this fall. Seems like that one was a no-brainer. It does. I do, as far as logistics of what that means for traffic, and, you know, there are some other questions that I would have now because of this no-brainer, but I agree it was a no-brainer. Uh, seems impossible to... Can you social distance with two people in a PRT car? I don't think you could. Could Is it big enough? Uh, if they're on the opposite ends as opposed to if it's if it's horizontal versus vertical. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? You can't be across from each other, but you could be on opposite ends of the, the trolley car, if you will. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it, it was a no-brainer, but I do think that the part that isn't a no-brainer about that decision is figuring out and looking at the measurements of how many people are using it regularly. Okay, so now what are the options for them? How are people getting to classes? What does that mean for traffic flow? There, there's just a lot of other. That's sort of one of those things that has one of those ripple-down effects, I think, but maybe not. I don't know. WVU students were asked their reaction. They said it doesn't work half the time anyway. Mm. I, I made that last part up. I know you did, but <laughs> I, and honestly, it may, it may be an uh, issue. Mountain Line is planning to add additional buses uh, to help get students from Evansdale to downtown and vice versa. Uh, hopefully to alleviate that. Uh, university, of course, encouraging as much biking and walking as possible uh, to get to and fro. Uh, Friday... Not going to be our usual Anything Goes show because we had to, to accommodate a couple of guests. Uh, WVU Dean of Students Corey Ferris will join us on Friday's show as well. we got a good show coming up mm-hmm. on Friday. Uh, WVU outlining penalties for not following uh, the COVID-19 restrictions and regulations, and that, that includes fines. I'm not sure how that will work, but uh, we will ask Corey about that. He'll join us on Friday's show. Cool. Look at us planning out. I know. That's great. That must mean we'll have nothing on Monday. No, no. <laughs> um, actually, we have we have Monday show planned. I haven't told you about that yet. Okay. We got a plan for Monday already too. I don't hey. know what happened to me yesterday. Eight hundred seven six five talks. The phone number three zero four talk three zero four is the text line. Uh, we're on Twitter at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Of course, uh, top story this morning: WVU and defensive coordinator Vic Koning parting ways, a mutual separation. Uh, we'll have more posted for you at WVMetroNews.com. Hoppy will have more coming up as well. Got some text rolling in. We'll get to those. Your phone calls are welcome as well. 945, Dave and Sarah. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere on WAJR.com. All right, got some text into the show, 304-TALK-304. Bill's on the line. We'll get to Bill in just a moment. Hey, Dave and Sarah, I ordered dinner for pickup at a local establishment last night where you can get it right at the door. The employee flipped out because I did not have a mask. Again, this is by the front door. At the same time, sit-down customers were eating without their masks, just pointing out the illogical inconsistency. Okay. Did you put your mask on? That's my question. Did you get your dinner? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like it. I get it. I, I get it. Hey, Dave and Sarah at 304 Talk 304. Why don't the homeless move to Preston County? 
Why? Because we make it easy for them. I know a lot of the homeless get their SSI and could afford to get themselves off the streets, but they rather drink and use the SSI for drugs. I'm sick of homelessness, thrashing in Morgantown. 304 Talk 304, that's the text line. 800 765 8255 is the phone number. Bill wants to check in. Hey, Bill. What's going on, fella? Hey, I'm doing all, well, a little bit of everything, Bill. I don't know. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I just took a break from uh, doing a little carpentry work, and I have to wipe the sweat off my brow because some of us actually have to work for a living. Yeah, well, nobody in this room is doing that anymore, Bill. Yeah. I, I didn't say <laughs> nothing about Sarah. I did not say a word about Sarah. <laughs> What's hey, on I, your mind? I, hey, I'm going to comment. Excuse me. Hoppy's commentary this morning was about the farmer, if you will. And mm-hmm. that, well, I wanted to talk to you about it anyway. The farmer's market, I go there fairly often when it's open in the summertime. And you all, you all know where it is. It's downtown in the parking, wide open air parking garage at Crossing City Hall. So, uh, about a month ago, they had restrictions on picking things up and a number of people going into the walkway in, amongst the vendors. Then they opened it up. It was sometime late in June. I can't remember exactly when the date was that they could go as many as 100 people. Well, when when this last thing with the bars come out, I talked to HR, and I said, what's going on here? Because there's a, there's a line out there of people waiting half hour, 45 minutes to try to buy stuff at the farmer's market, and I'm watching people walk away. So HR said, ask the governor. We've got to limit it to 25. Well, 25 includes the vendors. So you got about a dozen people in there, and when one comes out, another one goes in. I stood in line for over half an hour, and HR said, oh, there must have been 25, 50 people, 75 people. Just come in, walk around, and leave. So it, can somebody clarify why an open-air space trying to help farmers out is limited when nearly everybody I saw there wore a mask? There were well, maybe half a dozen that didn't, but nearly everybody did. I mean, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Sarah, you got anything? Because I, I got nothing. I'm I got sorry. nothing for you, Bill. I wish I could help you. Right. I, I, I mean, if the governor's going to do whatever the governor's going to do, that's all, I, the governor can do it. But it, it, just like the, the, the previous texture there about the inconsistency of the mask in, the, mm-hmm. in your eating establishments, inside, outside, walking in, take it off, whatever you want to do, I don't think there's any consideration about the farmer here. Because those people are trying to make a living selling their fruits and vegetables and flowers and herbs and whatever. Bill, That's what they do in the summertime. Hey, you're pointing out a a larger point here, and, and you're illustrating it very well. It's been so frustrating. We know the goalpost keeps getting moved, and for obvious reasons. Things change rapidly in this situation. But there's been such inconsistency with this is allowed. Well, you can have a big crowd here, but you can't there. You can have softball, but you can't have a Boy Scout camp, so on and so forth. Uh, It's confusing and it's frustrating. And for anybody that's got to try to organize anything or runs a business, I feel for you right now trying to uh, figure all this out. The people at the farmer's market enjoy the farmer's market. They, sure. they they go there willingly because it's better than Kroger's or Giant Eagle or Aldi's or pick one in their mind. They, they're fresh and, and, and nearby neighborhoods or, or farms not so far away. They, they enjoy the venue, if you will. And you're taking it away from not only them, but the people who try to sell their produce to make some money. 
Sure. I mean, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Bill, got to hit the break, but always appreciate your call. Take care. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Got to wrap it up next. We'll tell you what's coming up on TalkLine. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Top uh, top story this morning, WVU and defensive coordinator is now former defensive coordinator Vic Coning have parted ways, a mutual separation. Story will be posted for you if it's not already. haven't checked in the last few minutes over at WVMetroNews.com. Hoppy Kirchival will have more coming up uh, on Metro News Talk Line. Brad Howell, the uh, Sportsline co-host, will be joining Hoppy coming up uh, in just a few minutes right off the top of the show at 10.06. Tomorrow, U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito will join us for a few minutes. We'll talk about the latest round of COVID stimulus. And then on Friday, we're actually going to have a loaded show. Uh, we'll still make time for a few phone calls, texts, and tweets as well. But uh, WVU Dean of Students Corey Ferris is going to talk about the penalties for not following COVID guidelines on campus. And we'll get an update from Montgomery County Health Officer Dr. Lee Smith as well. Am I forgetting anything, Sarah? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot today. Boy, we've got a lot in this show well, today. Well, we didn't even plan to cover everything we covered because we didn't you know, yeah. fully anticipate that announcement we, today. Either, we didn't so. plan to do anything on this show today. <laughs> right. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9.06. Of course, uh, the show is for you, uh, always for you on demand at WAJR.com. Hoppy Kirchwell coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow at 9.06. Dave and Sarah. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.